Hey, welcome to Clinic Gym Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josh Satterley, and I have spent the last 12 years trying to find the perfect model of musculoskeletal healthcare. And I think I found it. I think it's combining chiropractic care with excellent rehab skills and then transitioning those patients into an exercise program at a gym where there's great communication between you and the people running the gym. We call that the clinic gym hybrid model. And over the last two years, we've really been trying to perfect it with the goal of having 100 clinic gym hybrid facilities opening up here in the U.S. I'm Dr. Josh Satterley, and welcome to Clinic Gym Radio. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of Clinic Gym Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josh Satterley, and it's my pleasure uh, to excitedly be joined by Michael Sharkey. Mike, how are you? Good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Now you can hear that Michael has a deep uh, Southern twang from uh, what is it, Dallas, Texas, or somewhere south. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's Australian. Oh, oh, even further south. My bad. I apologize. <laughs> awesome. And Mike yeah, is the uh, kind of like Texan, though. I think I, I find <laughs> Texans are closest to Australians from my experience working and living in the U.S. Well, don't tell them that because they get pissed if you say anything is like Texas. Texas is its own uh, entity, you know? No, I think Texans give us a pass. I really do. I think we're the only people that can get away with it. But yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, we'll uh, I'll have to run that by my Texas friends. So, uh, now Mike is the head of a company called Autopilot HQ. Mike, can you give everybody a little explanation of what Autopilot does? Yeah. So, it's a visual... Uh, marketing automation software that allows you to send email marketing and build what we call marketing journeys. And those help you automate different aspects of the customer lifecycle. So like sending your customers welcome emails, making sure you retain customers by keeping and staying in touch frequently, uh, and various other uh, different automations that you can do to essentially build a growth engine behind your business. Awesome. And you know, one of the great things about marketing automation or just automation in general is once you establish it, it runs and runs and runs, even when you forget steps or get lazy or get tired. Uh, that's one of the benefits. So if somebody wanted yeah. to say promote the the state of Texas, you know, they could get your software, write a few emails to go out about Texas, then build a journey so that everybody who uh, is on the list gets a uh, don't mess with Texas bumper sticker and then possibly a discount for a 10-gallon hat and or a Colt 45 revolver. Yeah, I mean, that that's one way of looking at it. <laughs> it's, <laughs> funny because I think a lot of businesses you like as a business owner, especially you really think about all these different things that you should be doing, but you're not. So like, you know, if you run a gym, for example, and um, people show up for the first few weeks in, in January, cause they got a new year's resolution yeah. and then for whatever reason they stop coming and don't come back. And even if they've subscribed for a year, it's unlikely they will renew down the track. So by staying in touch frequently with them without you having to manually think like, oh, I better contact these people or SMS them. Um, just something as simple as having an email that they get every month with tips about maintaining their fitness and sticking to their goals throughout the year can be something that you can set up one year and then exist for every year and you can slowly improve over time. So you, you've got these automated journeys working in the background, helping you grow your business and compound the value of the people in your audience instead of, uh, you, you know, like thinking one-off sporadically. So it's the difference between really campaign marketing, which is just, I'm going to like think of this and do it. And um, obviously, as you said, there's human error involved in that or something that's running automated and just doing it for you and helping grow your business. Awesome. Now, a lot of, lot of folks listening are probably going, oh man, uh, you know, I already use MailChimp or some other service that sends emails. But what I think is cool about your product is it's essentially a canvas and uh, if the software or service you want to integrate with 
um, appears on the canvas, basically we can we can make it connect. For example, uh, you have the ability to send like a postcard right after somebody gets on the list, right? Not just an email, a physical postcard. Yeah, it, it sort of came out of the idea of, you know, I worked as a marketing consultant for a long time. And what we would do is you'd get on a whiteboard and you'd draw these like marketing journeys and be like, let's think through mm-hmm. your customer journey. How do you acquire customers? How do you activate them? How do you convert them? And then how do you retain and grow them? And so you would get on a whiteboard and you'd be like, oh, wouldn't it be great if you could send a postcard or a, a letter in the mail to everyone that, that signed up uh, to let's use gym to your gym. And so you'd go and map these journeys out and then you'd think, shit, how do we actually build this? And a lot of the time it was, it was, especially back then, it was like just impossible. You'd need this huge budget and really only large companies could build that kind of customer experience. Uh-huh. So there was a huge gap between what a large company could do like an Amazon and what you could do as a very small business. So really Autopilot foundationally was designed to close the gap there and help uh, sort of take the technology that big companies were using and give it to the small guy. That's awesome. So let's talk about that because I think, uh, you know, the world of chiropractic and the world of gyms, man, you don't make any money unless you can keep that relationship long-term. I think on the front end, most chiropractic offices don't even make any money until probably the third visit or something when you factor in the cost of marketing and, you know, all the time invested in the, that initial visit and all that. And then when they transfer to the gym, again, the, the play is really that second six months of the year. That's, that membership is where you really shine. Um, can you talk about the different phases? I know you mentioned them before. Um, maybe talk about the different phases and where you see people do a great job and maybe where you see the biggest chance at improvement. Yeah, it, it's something that I've seen a lot and, and I'm guilty of making all the mistakes as well. But typically, the great thing about a, a chiropractor or a gym or anything that has you know repeat visits or recurring subscriptions is it's very closely related to how we run our own business as well. Mm-hmm. Um, as a software as a service model. So you've really got to think through this continuous chain of value throughout the customer journey in order to retain the customer and no different to a gym. You know, this continuous chain of um, value is really them getting results and feeling good about the results that they're getting and being reminded of, you know, the hours that they're putting in the, you know, the result that they're getting out of it. So the way we think through the the sort of growth engine behind our own business is in these four phases. And these phases can be applied to really any business. We have this acquisition phase, which everyone would know well, like how do you find your audience? Like where are they? Who are they? Um, What channels can you market to them on? Um, And then activation, which is one that not a lot of people think of, but you're probably already doing, which is how do you warm them up to buy? So in a gym or chiropractor, that might be a free consultation where you come in and you try and create this great experience for them. And then after that, you're sort of reminding them like, hey, you love that experience. So now we want you to buy or subscribe. And so that brings us to the next phase, which is conversion. So how do we convert them to paying customers from this um, this acquired lead or warmer lead after the activation stage? Mm-hmm. And then retention, how do I retain um, those subscribers or retain those customers long-term? And how do I grow their lifetime value over time? So how do I make them worth more money? And of course, a lot of people forget, but the retention phase... Um, it's really the best phase where you can make the most money long-term. They're the easiest people to sell to. They've already bought from you. They have a relationship with you. They've experienced your product. So obviously that phase is so much, so much more critical. And often the mistake we see people making is, you know, you go and spend a whole bunch of money on Facebook ads. So there's a few things that you do there. You, you pay Facebook a hell of a lot of money. 
often you're directing them to Facebook pages or community-driven pages where you're essentially handing your audience over to Facebook so you no longer own the audience um, and you have to keep paying to get access to it. Um, and then so, so you, you're spending a lot of money and say, say your cost of acquisition there is 50 bucks um, and then you only convert 10% of the, the actual um, leads that you bring in. You know? mm-hmm. So each, each conversion is really expensive and um, you might generate a whole bunch of names in a database but for whatever reason, you can't activate them all. And, and that's um, generally what happens is you get a small subset of people that you're able to activate and convert. And then the rest of those audience members just sit in a database doing nothing. Everyone has this problem. I mean, we do it ourselves uh, as well. Like you have these huge data sources of um, leads or contacts and people that you occasionally will email blast out to and you don't really think through how you should be um, talking to them over time. So that's where Autopilot can help um, or any system can help. I mean, there's a bunch of different automation systems out there that'll do this. Yeah, um, no, but let's talk we, about yours. I mean, it's okay. Brag. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, my goal is to help people, um, you know, make more money out of this. So it, I, like, obviously, I'm an advocate for our software, but I think I'd like to see just the whole market coming forward and, and doing this kind of thing mm-hmm. in general. So um, ultimately what we want to see there is, you know, thinking through what we call customer journeys. So thinking through, okay, so after I acquire this customer, what's the next action I want them to take? Well, I want to get them to a free consultation. So what we can do is set up a journey that sends them a bunch of different emails to try and nudge them along to do that free consultation. Cause you know, as well as I do, like in January, you'll go and you'll sign up for a bunch of things and you'll be like, Oh, I'd love to get fit this year. And then, you know, what happens over time is um, you kind of forget about that goal and it just sort of goes away. But if you're getting an email every week with tips to get fit in the year and offered a free consultation or something like that, Mm -hmm. it's highly likely eventually it's going to hit you at the right time and right moment and you'll go and do that free trial. And then after the free trial, the next step is following up. So having an automated follow-up. So you don't really, as the business owner, need to think. They come in, they have a great free trial experience. And then the system just takes over and starts nudging them to actually a subscription level. And then over time, if they don't subscribe, you can start to nudge them a little bit harder. So say, you know, we'll give you 20% off the first year's membership or 20% off a monthly subscription. And so the, the journeys can automate all of those different aspects for you. So you can, um, you can be hands-off and focus on running your business and, and growing it and not really the, what we call the leaky bucket between these different phases. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a, somebody I can't remember who said, but like you can't automate a hug, you know, like those are the things that you need human interaction for. But sending somebody a form or the waiver or, you know, setting up their billing, those things can all be handled by the system, right? There's all these manual tasks that people do in their business that are just stupid. It's a wasted time. Like, Can you, can you give I, us I some see- context, maybe an experience you had where you're like looking at it going, oh my God, there are 18 different things you could do here. You know, yeah, well, the, the gym I go to, I won't name it um, because I don't know. They might. Well, it's in Australia. We might know it by name then. Oh, yeah, yeah be fine. <laughs> so, um, so hopefully not. But um, they are the worst. They are literally the worst at doing this. It angers me so much. <laughs> like they have new members sign up, and um, I, you know they don't follow them up, or um, you know six months later they realize, oh shit, we should have followed all those people up. So then they. Um, they send a huge SMS blast. And sometimes like you've been a member, I've been a member there for two years and I'll get an SMS blast being like, how was your trial? So like they have no idea what different stage their leads are at. Their database is stale and old. 
And it's very reliant on these manual um, thoughts when, you know, sales or subscriptions might be declining or they want to get more subscribers that month and they panic. And so they do this big batch and blast campaign or methodology. And that was traditionally the problem with platforms like MailChimp, right? Like you would, you would have this list and it wasn't very well segmented because you couldn't connect it to other systems where your important customer data was. And so whenever you, you wanted more business or every month, you'd sort of just blast out a message. And people use other channels as well, like SMS in a, in a huge blast capacity as well. And so if I could recommend any piece of advice for um, a health or fitness organization, it would be simply you know, move beyond that acquisition phase of, of thinking and think about, okay, once they have my free consultation or free trial, what's the one automated journey I can build? What are the meaningful emails or messages that I can send them after that to try and increase my conversion rate? And just build that and look at the, the conversion rate on that over time. And once you get some confidence around what this is doing for you automatically, start to identify other parts of the customer journey that you can automate to free up your time so you can focus on just doing your job and have this growth engine running behind the scenes for your business. Yeah. I think a friend of mine has a gym, does this really well. So he, he sat back and said, what are the different things you're going through at different points? So I think at like day four, he sends out an email all about soreness because he's like, you're going to be sore after your first three or four workouts. Let's just talk about it. And what can you do for it? Then the fifth or sixth day is all about um, consuming enough water and getting enough sleep. Then it's like the 10th or 14th, I can't remember what, he figured that's when people give into those cravings. So they've been really good about their nutrition up to this point and they're giving into cravings. So it's all about, you know, mental toughness and, and cravings and how, you know, you can win and, and kind of looking off in the future about the person you'll be if you're able to, you know. So it, it's not to the client, it looks like the right information at exactly the right time. And to him, he in the first month has like multiple touch points, emails, um, he sends out a couple, um, uh, what do you call it? He sends out a couple recipe books. The, they're like pa- recipe pamphlets, I guess would be a better description. But he sends those out manually. He just knows who's in the challenge. And after the first week, they send those out. You know, hey, are your meals getting a little stale? Let's try these recipes and whatnot. So in that first like four weeks, he does a great job of getting to them. But, uh, you know, after that, he's put so much effort into that and to the front end marketing. I don't think that after that, there's much follow up, which is where he wants it to go from like that challenge piece to a member of the gym. Yeah, often that's a phase that's really overlooked as well. It's like once someone's a customer, they're generally just ignored, um, or maybe the first thirty days they're intensely looked at, <laughs> and then they're just ignored yeah. forever. And and that's where things like you know loyalty rewards, asking to refer other people asking them to review you on, on just Google or other important review sites are, are often forgotten. And there's different journeys in autopilot that we find are really successful. We have one in particular um, where we ask someone to, you know, to tell us how they're doing, which is an MPS score. And if, they, if the system detects they give us a high rating, it will then ask them to review us on a review site. And it also is smart enough to look at where we need more reviews. So it doesn't just ask them to review on like one generic review site. It figures out where is our portfolio of reviews right now Ooh. at. And it's like, hey, can you go and review us? So here? you're at one of these companies that has like 500 reviews on Yelp and two Google reviews or Facebook Yeah, and I mean, and, that starts yeah. to look pretty, pretty, um, pretty <laughs> crazy. But back to your point about your friend's gym, there's other phases as well. Like often there's a lot of fear when you go and say, even or a chiropractor, you say, I, I'm going to do a free consultation and you might have fears or 
um, concerns about what will happen. So there's even that sort of what to expect email that we see works really well. So a series of emails leading up to the appointment. Mm-hmm or the first interaction where it's like, hey, make sure you bring a, a sweat towel. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you're going to need to be hydrated. Bring a water bottle. Uh, you know, we find people are often nervous and anxious before their first uh, appointment. Here's some stretches you can do before. So it's really just thinking about this experience that you want to create. And if you've ever gone and stayed in a really expensive hotel as a treat, um, you know that every piece of that experience is curated. Like they think through, they walk around the counter and they hand you the, the, the keys. And so that's something I find amazing about marketing automation in general is like you can dream up this amazing customer experience for your business and then you can deploy it, automate it, and it keeps running for you. So people think you're an absolute superstar as a business owner, but ultimately once you've set it up and invested uh, the time it takes, you, you don't really have to do much. That's awesome. Now, I've I've looked at your software and and you know stocked it, stocked it online and we're using it in a, a small derivative of our company here. We do some consulting work and I'm using it there, transitioning over from a larger um, kind of older software. Uh, one thing I noticed is that you guys really believe an idea of like integrating with the best, as you call it, best of breed or best of class. So if there's a company that you know you guys do the automation piece, putting the gears together, right? But if there's Somebody else that can, uh, I'm trying to think, like send the postcards or do something else better than you, you're like, hey man, integrate. That's totally cool, right? Yeah, I think that's traditionally been the problem with a lot of software vendors, right? Or at least the enterprise software vendors we were initially competing with. Um, Since we came to market, obviously it's spawned like this whole um, visual customer journey um, genre of software. But prior, when we really launched, it was really only the options, which was pay you know, twenty, thirty, fifty thousand dollars for these expensive enterprise um, marketing automation suites, which no no small business could afford. And so, a lot of this stuff was out of reach. And so, what you find with small businesses, they're really good. In fact, they're much better than larger companies at identifying their own uh, sort of tool set or technical stack to use in their business. So, you might have some booking software, and then you might use some email software. And so generally you have four or five systems that you're using to run your business. And what a lot of vendors come in and say is, well, we're going to take over all those things and we're going to be an all-in-one. And sometimes that works well for people. I mean, there's a huge community of people that love HubSpot because it just does everything. But often you find when a vendor tries to do everything, it's they, they suffer from that jack-of-all-trades master of none problem, which is you know, they're really good at one thing and then they're not so good at about 10 other things. So we early on said, well, we just want to be the best at customer journey marketing and helping Mm -hmm. people automate great experiences. We have um, more recently conceded a little bit of ground there because we realized that once people start using our software, they really want to bring over their email newsletters and um, like product updates and things like that from um, traditional email marketing software like MailChimp. So Mm -hmm we have introduced the ability to send one-time campaigns because that was just something that people you know, wanted to do. But outside of that, we don't really have any plans to move outside our wheelhouse because we just want to build the best software for, for the job. And a part of that is integrating and working with best of breed vendors. So you know, Twilio is really good at dispatching SMS all around the globe. So we partner with them for our SMS infrastructure. And at a base level, we give you SMS credits um, for free, but if you send more SMS, you can establish an account with them and pay them and negotiate with them directly if you 
um, become much larger. So, mm-hmm. you know, we just, we're trying to give you access to the best technology out there and let, allow you to orchestrate a journey um, based on all these other great things that you can mm-hmm. use. Because obviously marketing tech's changing so rapidly. Like every day there's a new channel or a new technique or a new methodology that's really hard to keep up. And so ultimately, if you build software entrenched with certain channels in mind or certain ideas in mind, often it's outdated in six months. And so what? we're trying to create... That has something. never occurred. That has never happened to me or anybody I've ever worked with. Oh, really? <laughs> all right. It happens all the time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just funny. Like marketing is a constant experiment, right? Mm-hmm. Like trial and error. And so that's what I've really loved over the years about mm-hmm. the visual canvas. It's just something I wanted. Like you can experiment and explore on. I think the one thing that's occurred to us more recently though is that with small business owners in particular, like they just like people like me, nerds that have time to just sit around exploring different ways of using the canvas and the technology. Um, it's great for us, but for a very small business where you're just trying to hustle and like get your business off the ground, ultimately there's like kind of like five journeys or five things that you should be doing really that we can identify with each vertical we look at. And so a lot of people are just like, I just want to switch those things on. So for us, Autopilot as a brand is really being driven towards that goal, which is can we just help identify who the business is and switch those five things on for them, but still give them more power users in the future, the ability to go and really like automate and construct um, very complex journeys or, or you know compound them over time. So for us, it's something we want to look at in the future, which is like how can we distribute this technology to even more people? Because right now it is still a little bit restricted to people that have the time and energy to go and do this. But the results speak for themselves if you invest the time up front. Are you interested in becoming a better provider for musculoskeletal conditions? Well, if you know me, you might have seen me out on the road, but I totally believe in, I love, I adore the SFMA, the Selective Functional Movement Assessment. It is a fantastic way of assessing the movement-based dysfunctions in your patients. Now, why movement? Because movement has to do with motor control, and that's usually the first sign that pain is going to develop. And it's a better, more reliable method than assessing pain. So if you're interested in using a movement-based diagnostic system as part of your intake protocol, I would highly recommend the SFMA. Plus, they've got the best instructors. I'm one of them. So I make it fun. I'm easy to listen to. And, well, I don't know about that, but I enjoy teaching it, and it's a fantastic course. I recommend it. So check out functionalmovement.com and look for an SFMA course near you. Functionalmovement.com. Look for an SFMA level one coming to your area. Hope to see you there. So let me ask you this, uh, since you are a nerd and, and those listening might be just seeing what the last guy they worked with did or, you know, like how we've always done it here. Um, outside the world of healthcare, can you talk about a really cool customer journey or automation you've seen where it integrates different programs to enhance that experience? Yeah, I'm trying to think. There's there's so, so, so many. The, like mm-hmm. the, the use cases we see across the board are... Um, it just, we never dreamt of how people would use the technology when we first built it. I mean, we kind of had an idea in mind, which was focused very much around marketing. But, um, you know, we, we've seen um, like car vendors. So people like car yards that sell cars, yeah. they, have, yeah. um, they have data points that they can get from your car now. So connected cars where it'll say when the car needs a service or um, if there's like an oil problem or... Um, tire pressure problem, it will actually uplink that to the dealership. Wow. So we've seen journeys where um, 
they will key off that information and be able to send you an email notification saying, hey, your tire pressure is low. If you want help, come into the dealership. They're some of the most interesting I've seen with the crossover between this this traditional sort of, I guess, hardware that you use every day, like a car, and then an email that you get or an SMS notification saying, hey, we, you know, we see that your tire pressure is um, is low. And if, if like, like my, like, this is true. My, this shows how pathetic I am as a human, but um, I have a car right now and the, the, there's an indicator saying your tire, like one of your tire pressures is low. And I'm in a position where I'm like, shit, like, should I go to the dealer to refill the tire? Like, I'm not that confident with the pump. Um, <laughs> people are probably laughing as I say this. Um, I'm definitely not a stereotypical uh knife wielding Australian, but, um, yeah, so like that's something I would struggle with. And so it, um, you know, it's nice that there's this helping hand there. Like, Hey, your tire pressure's low. This is probably a real millennial problem I'm talking about right Mm -hmm. now. Well, it'd be great if you built an automation that like, uh, coordinated with like TaskRabbit to assign somebody to just swing by your office and fill up your car while you're just working off your computer, you know, like, yeah, the ultimate lazy journey. But right, I yeah. think experiences like that are the ones that I've seen where they're super interesting. Um, so can I ask you, know, you, along with those, like I always think it's funny that there's somebody out there that integrate that built, you know, you're building a marketing automation software, but there's somebody out there who built the world's greatest and most accurate tire pressure indicator sensor that relays information. And I just think that poor bastard at, at Thanksgiving has... Like his family is just always asking him. So, so what is it that you do? <laughs> like, I know you yeah. build tires. Like, no, no, no. Sensing. Yeah, it, those those examples to me are just like super interesting. I think the, the for health and fitness studios, we're going to see more open APIs around um, health and wellness. So, getting Can you explain real quick what an open API is for those who. Yeah, yeah. Community. So. So imagine you're wearing a Fitbit today or an Apple Watch and, you know, you go and you track a workout. Um, some of that data is, is um, well, it's not accessible today, but it may be in the future if you give it permission. So um, it can be accessible to other applications. So that might be like how many steps you did today or your heart rate in a workout or how long you worked out for. And so that information can be transmitted to another application, which is done through an API. You don't really need to know what an API is apart from that it's an interface for developers to transfer that information between applications. And so what it means is for um, a health and wellness business is that if you can get access to some of that information, not like a creepy amount of information, <laughs> uh, like just enough where it's like they attended, they, you know, they, had a, they had a new personal best today or something like that. I think that opens up a whole new opportunity for health and wellness businesses to create an experience where they have a coaching relationship outside of the, just that interface of going to the gym. So it could be, um, you know, hey, Mike, you achieved a new record today with your workout. Congratulations. Like here's a, a, a badge or a certificate or whatever. And, and I think those things sound a bit cheesy, but it's such a great way of retaining customers because it's sort no, of this... I mean, have you ever heard of this? The, um, there's a, a app called Strava. Yeah, yeah, I use yeah. it all the time. <laughs> yeah, and, and think about what they've done. So it's not even groups that are meeting up like at a gym, but you know, I know there's a course near me and, and there's a, a local guy who's the king of the mountain, meaning like on that course, it's established by everybody. He has the record time for a mountain bike to get to the top and back down. And inherently people compete against him, people he's never met, you know? And I think it's right if you can, you know, you're saying it's cheesy, but like 
man, if you had a, a gym and people are coming twice a week and then one day a week you say, hey, whoever gets the most amount of activity or most, you know, amount of heart activity uh, on Saturday between uh, 8 a.m. and noon will win, you know, this custom-made sweatshirt or something. People love that kind of challenge. They love being part of it, even if they're not together. And then if they are together, it's even better, right? Yeah, I think it just makes it more interesting and fun. Um, but I do think there's some privacy implications around it where you, you kind of, you know, I always have the rule internally, don't be creepy. Um, mm-hmm. Because I think marketing gets a really bad rap of being super creepy when generally it's just the social media vendors that are the creepy ones. Um, <laughs> so ultimately, if you've opted in to receive email and you're engaged in a business and you're creating a great experience with emails, like yeah. people want to get them, people want to receive them. I don't know if you uh, got this news in Australia there, bud, but there's a lady who found out her boyfriend was cheating on her from his Fitbit activity because at at 4 a.m. he he spiked in his uh, heart rate, you know, but unfortunately it only lasted three minutes. And so she knew it wasn't a run. (laughs) That's that's like, you don't want that reported. Right. Like, hey, congratulations, Mike, on the early morning calorie burn. Yeah, that's yeah. It's weird though that thing. your GPS locator is nowhere near your wife or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that I think that data. I, I don't know. Some some people um, like that. Some people mm-hmm. are, are kind of creeped out by it. I, I understand both. How about on a simple one? If I wanted to say, um, if you come to my gym and after a hundred workouts, we automatically send you a hundred workout T-shirt. You're in the one hundred workout club. Yeah, right. that's a great one. And that can be achieved today um, through a lot of the software people use to check in. They do have like mm-hmm. Zapier integrations and um, different ways of getting the information into an application like Autopilot. So you can just awesome. literally have a simple um, a segmentation of customers like has greater than 99 workouts and um, send them an email or send them a postcard with like a congratulation message on it. I think things yeah. like that are really innovative and cool, but they're definitely like, I would just encourage anyone listening that's thinking, wow, this stuff sounds cool, but also complex. Really, to get started and just do something simple is better than nothing. And a lot of the the things you can start with are super simple and easy, like just sending one email every time someone, um, you know, after they attend their um, their first session. It's just such a big win. It's better than doing nothing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think too, if there's anybody that's, like you said, spent money on Facebook, I think uh, a step in the right direction is, you know, one of the things that happens is we advertise to new people. And then when they come in, we go, oh, they don't need our advertisements anymore. So they, you pull them out of your Facebook audience. And so now they're hearing a bunch of stuff about you and seeing you on Facebook. And now they've totally stopped. If you can create a second audience of current members and have different content going to them, but still stuff that they will see, oftentimes that I see that extends that retention rate at gyms. So it's a, it's a, yeah, people are, people are really funny with advertising. I mean, like years ago, I used to be as well. You think about it as only uh, part of that acquisition stage, like, you know, get your free trial, get your free trial, get your free trial. But the way you can use retargeting, especially today or, or uh, audience groups on, on Facebook, and you can, you can actually through the, an autopilot journey, change the Facebook audience group. So you can pull them out of one and put them into another one based on their activity. So, you go back to that hundred club example, like not only could you send them an email being say, congratulations, you could send them a postcard and then you could put ads on Facebook that they see, which is welcome to the hundred club. And so that kind of experience, I mean, Pete, like that is like hyper personalized stuff where 
you know, no one's forgetting that. Like, you're like, how did you make an ad appear for your yeah. gym that, that welcomed me to the 100 Club? And mm. it's stuff like that that, um, you know, it's also proprietary stuff, right? Like, if you ever want to go sell your business, you're selling this, like, engine behind it as well, which is quite valuable. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. So, um, as far as some of the softwares that integrate, um, any cool ones out there that you're like, oh, this company does this or that company does this? Um, I know that, like, for storing information that you want in like a spreadsheet format, but that might not fit into a spreadsheet. Um, the, the type of data air, like if you want to store a picture or something, Airtable is pretty incredible at that. Right. Yeah. I, I, I must admit, I don't have much experience with Airtable. Um, I haven't used it that much, but, um, yeah. any I know cool softwares that integrate that you're like, Oh man, what these people do in this tiny little market's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it. the ones that I really like personally is um, I like applications like Typeform for creating really great, um, really great forms that are engaging and people actually mm-hmm. submit. It sounds really boring mentioning form software, but, um, but I think that if you have I a Facebook I think we've all been in, pushed into a crappy form, so we know how yeah, bad it would be. Yeah, like a really shitty form, right? Like you, yeah. you get pretty frustrated with them. So I like Typeform because you can create these um, great experiences for people through the form. If people people would probably use the type form before, and they may just not know it, but um, it's a really beautiful, um, engaging sort of experience with forms where you can click on different pictures. It's really easy to build them and design them, and um, I think they're a really good way to capture people's information um, and different um, attributes about them. So, like mm-hmm. if you if they're filling in a form to complete their first session at your gym. Um, you can have pictures like explain your current fitness state and you can have images of like a sluggish kind of person that's sweating profusely or like someone that's super fit. And so then in your database, you can map a field and you can say fitness status and it could be like unfit, moderately fit, very fit. And so then you can, when you start talking about sending welcome emails, you can send them emails. So if they're like super fit, it might be like, here's how we're going to push you to the next level. If they're super unfit, it's really about playing into the the comforting sort of anxiety feeling before they do that mm-hmm. first workout. So you can change the content and just have those three tracks um, with the customer um, before they engage in the in the in the free class. So it's probably one of my favorite. That's a, like not as interesting, but people mm-hmm. do all sorts of things. I mean, people deploy you know flowers to customers. Um, through integrations where, you know, they're high value customers and it's an anniversary or something like that. And they'll automatically send flowers and, um, and a bunch of stuff like that. But it's as boring as it sounds. I think the two most interesting channels in terms of just being effective is just sending really great, compelling emails Mm -hmm. and um, using ad groups or audiences on different ad networks to personalize the ads. So you're not spending money on generic ads either. Yeah, because our retargeting is a whole lot more affordable than than generic ads, right? Yeah, retargeting is just such an important piece because if you if you think about it, like um, you can send an email to someone who is about to attend their first session and then display an ad saying, like, you know, we're looking forward to seeing you. There are some limitations around that, like there's restrictions on Facebook and Google about the the minimum audience size before the ads will start showing. So you kind of need larger volumes if you want that to work. But um, stuff like that's really interesting to me. That's awesome. And, uh, and so w- when, uh, when you're looking at these service businesses that you go in, 
Um, you know, we do all this marketing on the front end, acquisition, activation, conversion, like you're saying, we get that sale. But talk to me about the tail end. Like, so if, if I have a chiropractor office and at the end of 20 visits, I'm going to send you on your way. What steps are people overlooking then? You know, I mean, because the first, whatever, your first week you have autopilot and you build some automations, they're not going to, that tail end is not going to be a big deal. But a year later, you've put all these people all the way through your pipeline. And now that you're kicking out these great prospects that know, like, and trust you at the back and not do anything with them, you know? Yeah, this is where I tell people to think like a human, not a marketer. <laughs> like, so, <laughs> like, I wrote an email, I write a weekly newsletter now. Um, I sort of hijacked it off my team because I was so pissed at some of the bad marketing I was seeing. I thought I'd use it as like a soapbox. So I wrote an email, I think two weeks ago, that got a lot of interest, which was about all the stupid things people do when they send emails that I see time and time again. And it, it does, it drives me mad. I sit in my office furious at the, you know, the 15,000 plus customers we have who send like millions of emails every day being like, why are they doing this? Um, but yeah, some of them are just so bad because they, it's, it's, for some reason, when you go to write an email or you go to think through a customer experience, you put on this weird like professional marketing cap. Everyone does it. Even if you don't consider yourself a marketer, you're just like some business owner that's running a gym and you, you put on this weird, like you don't even speak like yourself anymore or like a mm-hmm. human. And then, Greetings, Michael. I appreciate yeah, the fact like, that you stopped by our address at 168, you know, 3rd Street. Yeah, or like but, the email will come from Jim Corp and it'll be like no reply at jimcorp.com. And like, I always that? love that when it's a no reply at. It's like, yeah. Is there any, you know, one should put up a billboard as in like, don't talk to me as a business. It's bizarre. It's really bizarre, yeah. especially in the world we live in today where like, you know, small businesses and brands alike are supposed to you know, have a two-way dialogue with their customers. Yeah, I think any, any one-way communication, like short codes and text messages or anything, that should just be illegal. Like, that's not how human beings yeah. act or talk or, you know, move, like, if, if you send an email and somebody replies, you better get it. Like, that should just be required. Yeah, it's not mail. Like, I think that's the problem. People think it's, like, hard mail. It's not, like... Um, but, yeah, so I think that with, um, you know, with email in general, there's a lot of like mistakes people make. But going back to the retention piece is if you think like a human, right? So you go to the chiropractor, you've obviously had some trouble in some area. Let's assume after 10 sessions, you've had a great experience. The problem's been resolved. There's things you can do. For example, you might have five different injury types identified in your database. And so once the sessions are over, they start getting a trickle of emails saying like, you know, now that you're your back's a bit better. Here are some tips to maintain good posture and health around, you know, so you can have a track of information over a six or 12 month period where you're just sending one email, maybe every two months. And really all you're doing at that point is keeping your business or brand top of mind in that prospect's head. There's two benefits of that. One is they'll probably tell a friend. So if a friend is like, I have back pain, they're like, Oh my God, you got to go see my chiropractor. And the reason they remember is because they're getting these email tips. And then they feel really special because it's like they still care about me months later. And then if anything goes wrong with them, their family, their loved ones, they're going to be straight back to you. And so that is really that retention part of the journey. Let me ask you this, man. They always talk about like, you know, number one search engine on earth is Google. Number two is YouTube. For a lot of people, I think their number two is actually their email inbox, right? They're like, oh, I need a plumber. Who is that guy? And they search plumbing, plumber in their 
in their email inbox to retrieve an old yeah. archive message or something. Well, I do, and I'm sure you do. And like the thing is, we this is this goes back to that problem: human, not marketer, right? Like, if you think like a human, and you just think, okay, how do I actually find a plumber? Well, it's probably not. Maybe it's Google, but like for me, it would be like I'm going to ask some friends that are in the local area. Um, hey, does anyone know a good plumber? And then the second thing I'm going to do is then read their reviews most likely. And then the third thing I might do if I've used someone before, like you said, is just search my email and try and track them back down. Mm-hmm. But if they're sending me an email every two months automatically and they're not physically having to do it, they're always top of mind. I'm like, I remember seeing, even if I didn't open the email, it's like I saw like Bob's plumbing in my inbox. So I remember, I'm like, oh, okay. And you it's call that, Bob. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to call Bob. Like, that's my guy. And so, you know, like, there's a, a really good example, a guy called David Jones Plumbing um, in, in Sydney, in Australia, actually, who I still have subscribed to his newsletter because <laughs> it's so funny. Every month, he just sends basically, like, memes about plumbing and ridiculous stuff. And, um, you know, it keeps you top of mind. His emails are really engaging. They're well-written. They're interesting. And, Anytime I need an electrician, I'm going to call the dude. Like it, it, it really works. Um, and that retention phase as well is also great for trying to get reviews. Like the, the most, most likely time someone's going to review you or, um, or do something for you is after they've had a great experience. It's like they want to give you something in return. It's like, you know, don't thank me. Go write a good review or tell a friend because that's really how a lot of these businesses grow. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, there, I've told this story a few times on my podcast, but I'll, I'll expose you to it. Uh, across the street from my old office, there's a pediatrician and had a big banner outside where it said like, new patient exams. And it was like $99. And then that's crossed out and it's like $59. And I was like, any schmuck that goes home to his wife and says, you know, hey, babe, I know we were looking for a new pediatrician. And so I saw a banner of a discounted price on the street and that motivated me to pull in. like they would be so dead so fast to any woman I've ever dealt with. <laughs> I'm like, I can't think of a big yeah. disconnected marketing of going, dropping the price to work with a pediatrician. Like when we were looking for a pediatrician, my wife like, analyzed, you know, asked every friend, oh, I've heard that name a few times. You know, there's probably like a yeah. 60 of them that distilled down to a choice of three and then called their office. At no yeah, point it's such was an emotional she... decision too. Like, you don't want your yeah. kid going to some, like in most like, cases. Goes, oh, well, I was going to take him in, but 99 bucks a little stiff. So 59 bucks, <laughs> I could definitely get them checked out. Like, I can't imagine that yeah. has cr- crossed through anybody's mind. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, I kind of feel sorry for people. I think today it's, it's harder than ever before to uh, reach an audience. It really is. I mean, there's just so many different channels and techniques. And as a business owner, it's so overwhelming. I mean, I'm someone that does this every day. I build software to do this. So I um, have a, a strong and deep understanding of it, but I've accumulated that over many years, like mm-hmm. well over a decade now. And to, for a new business owner, especially someone starting out, to understand all these different channels and retargeting and Facebook ads and customer journeys and automated emails and all, all those different things, I think it, it really is overwhelming. And so my, my whole goal in life is to really try and you know, live up to the expectation of the word autopilot in our brand name and, and try and make autopilot this true assistant to them that helps them do a lot of these yeah. things with, with putting in very minimal effort because I don't think it should be that hard. I mean, a lot of this stuff we've been doing for so many years, we actually know what most businesses should be doing. And it's getting to a point where the technology is getting good enough where we're on the verge of a, a pretty big change where we can actually start to 
see ourselves more like Facebook ads where we can just help people do this stuff. Like we don't really need, um, need them to go build a lot of these things. Like we already know what they should be doing in a lot of cases. So do you have any good resources for people that they want to learn about how to use these integrations and set up these journeys? Because like you said, it is tough. And, and sometimes we see softwares and the, you know, that are really popular, but that doesn't necessarily mean we need to actually use them. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that you're better to just start with one simple thing. And if that means you're going to manually send an email newsletter every month to everyone, that's still better than doing nothing. And so I would encourage anyone listening today to just do one thing and, um, and, and focus on like one thing that they can do that will help them um, have a better relationship or, or communicate and be more top of mind with the people that they're trying to target. Um, but we do have a lot of resources on our website that are freely available. So if you go to autopilothq.com, we have on there a bunch of different journey templates that can give you ideas and they've got um, annotations. So they're all sketched up and they explain how they work and what they do. And um, if you like some of those templates, you can just click on them, use this template, and it will create you an autopilot account with that journey ready to go. And then you can just set it up and uh, hit publish and it's live. So that's a really great shortcut. The other way is um, if you go to um, our, our help page, um, we have a video training series on there as well. So you can learn all about customer journey marketing, what it means, um, how to do it, how to set it up, and just follow along with that video series, which is super easy to follow. Nice. Um, and then if you want to read my rants, um, you can subscribe <laughs> to our, our newsletter, which is um, on our blog there. There's a link to subscribe um, and you can hear more rants from me. Mike's soapbox.com. No, just kidding. Yeah, I, know. I probably should set up a domain for it. I'm not sure how long the habit will last because I'm very time poor right now, but I do enjoy <laughs> writing and, um, and yeah. ranting. So it's fun. That's awesome. Well, uh, Mike, I think that's a good place to, to wrap this up. Um, so for those interested, it's autopilothq.com, correct? Like headquarters, HQ? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, autopilot.com is taken by a, a spa company, a very, very nice gentleman who lives in Florida, who I've talked to a few times. <laughs> <laughs> it would be, I'm sure, maybe happy to uh, sell it to you. Just the, the decimal point might not be in the right place, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, it, it wouldn't be a cheap exercise. Exactly, yeah. Well, I think you're doing great things for a small business, man. And, and as much can be automated and integrate these different softwares like Zapier or... Um, like, uh, uh, you know, like you talked about working the reviews and making sure the reviews go to the right place and are organized. I think that has the power that over time, six months to a year, really becomes something amazing for these small businesses. When all of those things are going in the background, it's not uncommon for me to talk to people who've done this and say they, they figure they have an extra employee, you know, after a year. It's like the amount of work that's occurring is equal to that of an, an employee who never take, gets sick, never takes days off and only costs whatever, 50 bucks a month. Um, it's really hard to f hire good help for 50 bucks a month, by the way. Yeah, I, I, there's actually a bunch of videos we shot. They're like, they're, um, they're like mini documentaries about how customers use automation in their business to feel like uh -huh. there's more employees. Yeah. They're on our website. If you click on the customer page, there's one by Kindly Care, which I encourage everyone to watch. I think it's the most fascinating video because all of their customers will email um, this, this one person who set everything up um, saying like, you know, I can't believe you sent me this email at this time. Like she's got it so automated um, and set up that people think she is just a god. And um, I think when you watch that video, it's so inspiring. You're like, I want this. Like I should be doing this. And That's um, awesome. yeah, it's pretty fascinating. 
Awesome. All right. Well, uh, my, if people want to reach out or get a hold of you or, uh, I know that you're a crazy busy man running a company in the, in the Northern and Southern hemispheres, but, um, is there any way they can reach out to you or find you? Yeah. Um, they can just email me. It's Mike at autopilothq.com. I do answer every email I get sent. What? Um, and, um, two-way marketing, Mike, you can't allow that. Yeah, they, your address is do not reply at autopilot HQ, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I am on Twitter, but I don't really enjoy Twitter. It, it's very... Uh, ah, that's fine. I don't either. I don't so know. don't even worry about it. It's kind of like pretty negative. So I've stopped yeah. using it. <laughs> right. What about any uh, any Facebook groups that you guys kind of jump into and, and talk yeah, about? Yeah, we have. We just set up a Facebook customer group. Um, it's very new. It's only been a few weeks. It's like close to 400 people in it now. And I'm on right. there as well. I really enjoy that. I love interacting with people and helping them. So it's what I get my kicks from. So if you want to join there and ask me for advice called, I, you know? I, I'm always in there. I don't actually know but I think it's like <laughs> autopilot HQ officials something okay autopilot um, HQ yeah. official something something yeah I'm sure it, 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 it's findable on there um Mike's so good at automation. If you're listening to this, you may have already been bad at it. Yeah, if group. you sign up for a trial or somehow you get added into our actual autopilot account, I'm sure you'll find out. Right? So, yeah, that's awesome. All right. Well, on behalf of uh, Mike Sharkey down there in beautiful Australia slash Texas, uh, this is Dr. Josh Saturday saying, go out there, maximize your license and live the life you dream of. Thanks a lot, Mike. Thanks so much for having me, Josh. Hey, I hope you enjoyed that episode of Clinic Gym Radio. If you're looking for more information, just head to clinicgymhybrid.com. That's clinicgymhybrid.com and check us out there. 